Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, October 26, 2022. Coming up this hour. NASDAQ futures fall as big tech earnings disappoint. Microsoft posts its weakest quarterly sales growth in five years. Alphabet's quarter spells trouble as profit and revenue misestimates. And bank earnings continue in Europe as Deutsche Bank and Barclays report. It was a big debate night in New York and several other states. Plus, President Biden discussed Ukraine and China in a congratulations recall to the new UK Prime Minister. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanchow in sports. The Rangers lost in a shootout to Colorado. Devils won in Detroit. The Knicks and Nets have games tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. And futures are falling this morning. 601 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down 33 points. Dow futures down 83. And NASDAQ futures falling down 200 or 1.7%. 10-year Treasury up 10.30 seconds. Yield 4.06%. Yield on the two-year 4.44%. Nathan. Karen, the big drop in NASDAQ futures this morning follows disappointing earnings and forecasts from two tech giants. We begin with Microsoft. The shares are down. 6%. Ed Ludlow has more on the results from our Bloomberg 960 newsroom in San Francisco. Microsoft did beat on both the top and bottom line, but recorded its slowest sales growth in five years. The stronger dollar certainly was a factor, along with a material slowdown, it seems, in both corporate and consumer spending. What really spooked the market was commentary on the earnings call that the Azure cloud unit would see its growth decelerate to the tune of five percentage points quarter on quarter going into the final three months of this year. The most significant reaction in after hours trading coming at that point. Ed Ludlow for Bloomberg News in San Francisco. All right, Ed, thanks. Well, shares of Alphabet, meantime, are down about 6.4% in early trading. The owner of Google reported earnings and revenue that both missed analyst expectations. Bloomberg Intelligence senior analyst Mandeep Singh has more on the miss. The reason why you see a 10 percentage point miss when it comes to operating income is because search underperformed. Every time search underperforms, Google has a bad quarter. And in this case, you have to ask yourself, is it temporary? Is it what Snap was saying around ad pricing, or is it more structural because, you know, there is a lot more competition from Amazon, from Walmart, from Target. These companies are all ad networks now. 
Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Analyst Mandeep Singh says Google is now planning to slow hiring and control expenses. And had plenty of other earnings to catch you up on, Karen. Shares of Texas Instruments are now down almost 5%. The chipmaker's quarterly forecast missed estimates. Shares of Visa are up about 1%. The digital payments company reported profit and revenue that beat. And Chipotle shares a little changed. Comparable sales and profit outpaced expectations. Well, tech earnings continue today, Nathan, with both Meta Platforms and Twitter reporting. Meantime, Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter is in focus. He's pledging to close the deal by this Friday. And we get more from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. The comments were made yesterday in a video conference call with bankers helping to fund the deal. They are providing $13 billion of debt financing. We are told Musk also promised to help the banks market the debt to money managers after the deal closes. Several banks have been left in a lurch after Musk's sudden reversal on going through with buying Twitter in early October, and now they're facing paper losses of roughly $500 million on the transaction. The pain would be realized once the debt is sold to institutional investors. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Doug. While tech stocks are falling this morning, the overall stock market may still not have hit bottom. It's according to Goldman Sachs. Strategists at the firm say equities don't fully reflect the latest rise in real yields and the odds of a recession. In a severe economic downturn, Goldman's team says it expects the S&P 500 to drop below 2,900. That would be a 25% fall from yesterday's close. Well, in Europe this morning, Nathan, banks are in focus once again as earnings season rolls on. And we go to London and get the very latest with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. A big morning for European bank earnings and beating estimates as interest rates rise is the key theme. Italy's Unicredit has raised fully revenue and profit targets for a second straight quarter. Deutsche Bank sales and profits also beating, but analysts did flag higher than expected costs at Germany's biggest lender. And traders at London-based Barclays beating estimates are setting steep declines at the investment bank with the economy keeping deals on the sidelines. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thanks. Back here in the U.S., the focus is on politics. With less than two weeks before the midterm elections, the candidates for New York governor squared off last night. Bloomberg's Michael Barr joins us live from New York with the highlights. Michael? Nathan, crime and abortion took center stage last night as New York Governor Kathy Hochul faced a Republican challenger, Representative Lee Zeldin, in the campaign's only televised gubernatorial debate. On Spectrum News New York One, both candidates were asked to look ahead to the race for the White House in 2024. Do you want to see Joe Biden run for re-election? Yes, I do. Do you want to see Donald Trump run for president in 2024, Lee Zeldin? Not even thinking about it. I'm focused on 14 days from today. Hochul slammed Zeldin's past support for abortion restrictions. Zeldin criticized Hochul's push to send millions of abortion providers to expand access for a predicted surge in out-of-state patients. Live in New York, Michael Barr, Bloomberg Daybreak. Karen. All right, Michael, thank you. Well, candidates for Pennsylvania governor also debated last night, and more on that coming up shortly. Inflation, meanwhile, is proving key in the midterm elections, including soaring housing costs. Renters are feeling the pinch in the country's biggest cities. New York City has the most expensive market in the country, according to rental listing company Zumper. The median one-bedroom apartment in New York runs more than $3,800 a month. Boston has the second highest rent at close to $3,100, and San Francisco's close behind at roughly 3000
Well, Karen, you've heard about the great resignation after COVID. Now the next wave of workers leaving their jobs could be driven by abortion rights. According to a survey by the nonprofit Catalyst, 30% of employees are thinking of quitting because of their company's response to the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. 44% say their employer isn't doing enough to protect abortion rights. 33% think their company's CEO should be more vocal on the issue. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. And it's now 6.07 on Wall Street. We're at 64 degrees in Central Park. Got a crash on the way to JFK, westbound Belt Parkway at Springfield Boulevard. Michael Barr is back with the aforementioned details on the Pennsylvania governor's race and more on what's going on around the world. Michael? Thank you very much, Nathan. And on top of New York, it was debate night in several other closely watched races. As you mentioned, Pennsylvania Democrat John Fetterman debated against Republican Dr. Memon Oz as they vie for a critical Senate seat. In the opening minutes of last night's debate, Fetterman addressed what he called the elephant in the room, the stroke he suffered five months ago. I have run the campaign, and I've been very transparent about being very open about the fact we're in use captioning. And I believe that, again, my doctors, the real doctors that I believe in, they all believe that I'm ready to be served. Oz ignored his opponent's health challenges, instead seizing on Fetterman's support for President Joe Biden on immigration and crossings at the southern U.S. border. Dr. Oz said it's an issue that's personal to him. My father was an immigrant. My mother were immigrants. You know, I understand what legal immigration offers us, but the completely porous, open nature of our border, which John Fetterman supports, has created a humanitarian crisis. The debate was held on News Nation. Meanwhile, a gubernatorial debate was held last night in Michigan. Governor Gretchen Whitmer declared her position on abortion, saying she'll be voting yes on a ballot initiative to protect abortion rights. The simple truth is the way to protect women and ensure that future generations have the same rights we've had for 49 years is by adopting Proposal 3, and I will be a yes vote. Whitmer's Republican opponent, Tudor Dixon, argued that Michigan's Proposal 3 is nothing like the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision that stood for nearly 50 years. When Governor Whitmer tells you that this is going to be Roe, it's not even close to Roe. It's not codifying Roe in our Constitution. But it would be the most radical abortion law in the entire country. The only place that has something similar are China and North Korea. The debate was aired on WXYZ-TV. New York City has been ordered to reinstate a group of sanitation workers fired for refusing to get a COVID-19 vaccine after a state court judge ruled that the mandate was unlawful. The White House says President Joe Biden congratulated the new U.K. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak in a call in which they discussed the Russian invasion of Ukraine and challenges arising from China. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Almost 6.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Nathan, good one at the Garden. Stanley Cup champion Colorado in to start a three-game tour of the New York teams. 90 shots on goal in this game. Adam Fox scored with six minutes left to tie the score. In the shootout, the Avs scored in the fourth round. They beat the Rangers 3-2. to The Colorado goalie was Alexander Gorgia. Beat his old team. The Avs visit the Devils Friday. The Devils just won 6-2 at Detroit. They've won four of the last five. And then the Avs visit the Islanders on Saturday. The 
Rangers visit the Islanders tonight. Knicks are at the Garden tonight to play Charlotte. The Nets visit Milwaukee. Two of the best in the West met last night. Phoenix blew out Golden State by 29. The Jets say Elijah Moore will play Sunday against New England. Second-year receiver upset with lack of playing time. Demanded a trade. Didn't play last Sunday. The trade deadline next Tuesday. Jets are five and two. Giants are six and one. Daniel Jones comes off a 100-yard rushing game for Coach Brian Dayball. The dual threat quarterbacks, as they say nowadays, um, you know, add another element to your offense because it's 11 on 11 football when those guys can can carry the football or zone read it or do some different things. Um, so he has. You know, he has ability to do those things. Giants Sunday visits Seattle. Seahawks also surprised team. They're in sole possession of first in the NFC West. They're quarterback now by Geno Smith, the ex-Jet and Giant. 42-year-old Skip Schumacher named new manager of the Miami Marlins, replacing Don Mattingly. He had the job for seven years. Schumacher most recently a coach in St. Louis. Luis Rojas, the ex-Met manager, current Yankee third base coach, was a candidate for the Marlins managerial job. All right, John, thanks. Futures moving lower. S&P futures down 31 points. Dow futures down 70, but the big drop is in the tech-heavy NASDAQ futures down 203 points or one and three quarters percent on disappointing earnings from Microsoft, Alphabet, and Texas Instruments. Dan Ives of Wedbush Securities joins us next. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Sports is brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Tape. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update brought to you by SEI. Imagine your asset management firm's operational infrastructure as a competitive advantage. Let SEI show you how at SEIC.com slash IMS. U.S. stock index futures falling this morning as mega cap technology shares slump in early trading. NASDAQ futures down 1.7% after disappointing quarterly updates from Microsoft, Google Parent, Alphabet, and Texas Instruments. And looking at those shares this morning, Microsoft down 5.9%. Alphabet is down 6.2%. And Texas Instruments is down about 5%. Right now, again, S&P futures are also lower, down 30 points. Dow futures down 57. And NASDAQ futures down 195. The DAX in Germany is up half percent. The 10-year Treasury up 7.30 seconds, yield 4.07%. And the yield on the two-year, 4.44%. NYMEX crude oil is up 4 tenths percent, or 35 cents at $85.66 a barrel. COMEX gold up 9 tenths percent, or 14 $1.70 at 16.72.70 an ounce. The euro 1.0015 against the dollar. British pound 1.1554 and the yen 147.31. Bitcoin is up 2% at $20,590. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. Pennsylvania Democrat John Fetterman debated against Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz as they vie for a critical Senate seat. Fetterman, who suffered a stroke in May, spoke about abortion. If you believe that the choice of your reproductive freedom belongs with Dr. Oz, then you have a choice. But if you believe that the choice for abortion belongs between you and your doctor, that's what I fight for. Oz said that he is against federal involvement in a woman's decision, but he supports what the states decide. 
I want women, doctors, local uh, political leaders, letting the democracy that's always allowed our nation to thrive to put the best ideas forward so states can decide for themselves. Meanwhile, gubernatorial debates were held in New York and Michigan. In the NBA, the Wizards won, the Warriors lost. In the NHL, the Rangers lost, the Devils won, along with the Bruins. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. We're coming up to 620 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak on a morning where tech shares are leading the broader market lower on a disappointing start to earnings season. Microsoft and Google parent Alphabet are leading the way. Joining us now, Dan Ives, Senior Equity Research Analyst at Wedbush Securities, who's been pretty bullish on the tech sector for quite some time. Dan, it's good to speak with you this morning, and I'm just getting through uh, your note on Microsoft earnings, saying that uh, the uh, quarter was roughly in line with a headline beat, respectable performance from the Azure cloud service, but the guidance was nothing to write home about. Uh, Give us a little more on your thoughts on Microsoft's earnings. Yeah, I think it's really about guidance. I mean, I think there's been worries the last few quarters that you're going to see cracks in the armor and enterprise spending. And the clock struck midnight last night. I think they gave softer guidance. It's going to weigh on the market as well as with what we saw from Alphabet. And, you know, I think that's really what's the start of this economic slowdown impact in Microsoft. And yet you're still keeping an outperform on Microsoft stock going forward, keeping your price target. Why? Yeah, so I view this as really a rough patch that they're ultimately just ripped the Band-Aid off. They reset expectations. I think if you look at cloud, that continues to be the core growth driver. That's what's going to get them through the storm. And I just view this more as this was a time where PC continues to be an overhang for Microsoft. They'll get through this with cloud. I view it as probably an overreaction in terms of where the stock is today. How do you see Microsoft getting through the storm? There's a lot of debate about how long this storm could last. Do you think it lasts long, and how does Microsoft get through it? Well, I think they're going to be able to get through it probably better than any other tech company because today less than 50% of enterprise are on cloud. So as more shift to cloud, that's going to be an accelerant from Microsoft. More of that business is going to be cloud and services. But right now in PC, it's going through what I'd say is probably a 40-year type of decline in terms of PC market. That's a dark cloud, and the stock ultimately gets re-rated more in cloud. That's why you own Microsoft as a rock of Gibraltar stock through the storm. Does it get more difficult to maintain demand in the cloud when we have these kinds of headwinds from a strong dollar and from the fact that the way the economy is going right now, uh, there might be a little bit less demand for cloud services because of just the way things cost right now. Look, FX, that's about a 500 BIP headwind from Microsoft. Well, and you'll see the same thing from Apple Air this week and, and other big tech stores. Strong dollar, huge headwind. Now, I think on the other side of that, that will start to actually be easier compares going into next year. But, look, enterprises, they cannot not go to the cloud. And that's why, in terms of from an IT perspective, they are top, top of the priority list. I think they ripped the Band-Aid off. I think now they reset expectations. Stock will get hit. But I view this more of a bottoming process from Microsoft rather than the start of just a multi-quarter type of guidance reduction.
So you think Microsoft's better positioned than uh, an Amazon Web Services or a uh, or a Google Cloud product that uh, has a lot of market share compared to Microsoft? Yeah, I think all of those companies, and you saw it with Google in terms of cloud being strong. Of course, AWS, they continue to lead the market. Those are all going to be benefits. And rising tide is going to lift all boats in terms of cloud. I think in terms of the stocks is that Microsoft's a pure play cloud. Amazon, it's still that e-commerce that, that's still the majority. And of Google, Google cloud still a smaller piece. That's why what I like about Microsoft, it's playing that pure play cloud. Uh, you know, as opposed to some of the consumer areas, which obviously on digital advertising would be under major pressure. Okay, so just about 30 seconds left here. How does this set us up for the rest of earnings season? We've got Meta reporting later on this afternoon. Look, I think Meta could be a, a mini disaster, you know, just given what we're seeing on digital advertising as well as the, the business transition. That stock will get hit into it. I'm not expecting really good news there. I think you'll start to see positives when it comes to Apple. Amazon on the AWS piece. Look, at this is a, it's a defining time for tech, and that's the key right now in terms yeah. of what we saw last night. As always, Dan, great to get your thoughts. Dan Ives, Senior Equity Research Analyst at Wedbush Securities. Right now, Alphabet shares down 6%. Microsoft down uh, more than 6%. NASDAQ futures as a whole down 200 points, a drop of 1.7%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather cloudy today. Scattered showers possible. Highs in the upper 60s. Sunshine upper 60s tomorrow. It's going to be mostly sunny with a high only near 60 on Friday. 64 is the current temperature. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers clients earn interest of up to 2.58% on the idle cash in their brokerage accounts. Visit ibkr.com slash interest rates to learn more. Up first, U.S. futures are lower this morning after earnings from Microsoft and Alphabet. Despite beating projections, shares of Microsoft are down 6.3% in early trading after the strong dollar slowed revenue growth. Shares of Alphabet are down more than 6% after sales missed analyst estimates. Bloomberg Intelligence senior analyst Mandeep Singh says Alphabet and Google are facing a fundamental problem. Search is their main business, and that is what drives margins. The question is, is search saturated? Probably yes, because there's a lot of direct traffic going to these mobile apps, you know, the companies that I talked about on the retail side. You don't need search. You start off your search on Walmart or Target or Amazon. And Bloomberg Intelligence analyst Mandeep Singh says Google is now planning to slow hiring and control expenses. We're also watching shares of Texas Instruments, Karen. They're down nearly 5%. The chipmakers forecast missed estimates, signaling a broader slowdown in the semiconductor industry. SoFi head of investment strategy Liz Young says the outlook for tech stocks may now be uncertain. 
we're sitting at a point in the year where we've done a lot of work and valuations have seen a decent amount of pain since January. And I think it's less about what's the right valuation for these stocks to be at. And it's more about what are people actually willing to pay for them, knowing that we have not solved all the problems that still lie ahead. SoFi's Liz Young says she sees broader market volatility continuing for several weeks. Well, Nathan, tech earnings continue today with Meta Platforms and Twitter reporting. At the same time, Elon Musk is working to wrap up his acquisition of Twitter, telling bankers he's going to close the deal this week. Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow has the details. The banks are kind of braced for this borrowing notice that should have come Tuesday. Then the money that the banks have pledged in the form of debt would go into escrow Thursday. He's told these bankers that he fully intends to close the deal Friday. And Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow says Twitter shares approached Musk's $54.20 a share acquisition price following the news. And care and renters across the U.S. are still feeling the pinch. New York City has the most expensive rental market in the U.S., according to the rental listing company Zumper. Boston jumped to the second highest rent, surpassing San Francisco, which is now third. And that's the five things that you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 64 degrees in Central Park. Now we got two accidents on the Belt Parkway that Peter Van's going to tell you about in a few minutes. But first, Michael Barr's here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Sparring over crime and abortion. It took center stage yesterday as New York Governor Kathy Hochul faced a Republican challenger, U.S. Representative Lee Zeldin, in the campaign's only televised gubernatorial debate. Hochul blasted Zeldin's past support for abortion restrictions, and the governor pointed to Zeldin's position on gun laws. When you had the chance as a member of Congress to stand with other Republicans who finally said enough is enough, you were nowhere to be found, Lee. I mean, that's people need to know you can't talk about it's All you have is rhetoric. Zeldin vowed to repeal liberal criminal justice reforms. There are criminals out there who need to pay the consequences for their action instead of the catch-release policies. The debate was aired on Spectrum New York One. The candidates for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania squared off in a debate. Democrat John Fetterman, still recovering from a stroke in May, was asked if he would support a Biden run for the White House in 2024. It's up to his choice whether he, you know, and if he does choose to run, I would absolutely support him. Dr. Oz. I want to bring civility balance all the things that you want to see because you've been telling it to me on the campaign trail. And by doing that, we can bring us together in a way that has not been done of late. The debate was held on News Nation. Meanwhile, in Michigan, the two candidates debated in their gubernatorial race. President Joe Biden talked about Russia and Ukraine and China in a call congratulating the new U.K. Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. The conversation also touched on the unresolved issue of the Irish border after Brexit. Another setback for WNBA star Brittany Griner in Russia's judicial system. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. Russian court has refused to hear an appeal of Griner's sentence. White House spokesman Karine Jean-Pierre says the U.S. will double down now on getting her freed. This is a, this is a priority, and we need uh, Russia. We are asking and telling Russia to, to negotiate in good faith. But at this point, her nine-year drug sentence remains in place. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Global news, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 
635 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here again is John Stanshower. All right, Nathan. The World Series starts Friday for the Yankees. The offseason's underway. And a couple of reports concerning the Yankees. SNY reporting that longtime general manager Brian Cashman will get a new contract. His current one is expiring. Cashman's been the GM since 1998. It began with the Yankees as an intern in 1986. As for Aaron Judge's future, MLB.com with the story that the Dodgers are expected to pursue Judge as a free agent that their plan would be to then move Mookie Betts to second base where he played in high school. He did play there briefly this season. Skip Schumacher was a Cardinals coach and the new manager of the Miami Marlins. At the Garden, the Rangers faced an old friend. Alexander Gorgiev was the Rangers' backup goalie the last five seasons. He's now with Colorado. He and Igor Shesterkin both made some big saves. The game went to a shootout. Colorado won 3-2. to two. The Ranger coach, Gerard Gallant. They played really fast. And like I said, we no surprise. We talked about that before the game. And the guys, you know, they know the Stanley Cup championship are a quick and fast team. They're built like that. And I thought it brought us into the battle more in the second and third period for sure. Rangers visit the Islanders tonight. The Devils last night won 6-2 at Detroit. The Knicks tonight host Charlotte. The Nets visit Milwaukee. Jets and Patriots Sunday at MetLife. Jets won four in a row. Red hot. Patriots just got blown out at home by Chicago. And yet, Pats are right now anyway a slight favorite. And that's despite a lot of controversy in New England over Bill Belichick's decision in that Monday night loss to bench quarterback Mac Jones. He got into the playoffs last year as a rookie. They put in rookie Bailey Zappi. He struggled. And Belichick then said it was his plan all along to use both of them. Pats wide out Jacoby Myers calls the team's QB situation ugly. All right, John. Thanks. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Creedy Gupta is with us. And speaking of ugly, Creedy, got to talk about tech earnings. I'm so glad that you were calling me ugly for a second. Don't no, worry. never would. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, so, some red on the screen, certainly, for some of these tech earnings. Alphabet at, at the top of the pile here. G-O-O-G is going to be your ticker. Or if you want to look at the Class C shares, G-O-O-G-L. Regardless, both are down about 6% in the pre-market. This, of course, follows some pretty bad earnings. Remember, we like to look at Alphabet as kind of the poster child, not just for social media companies, but for advertising as a whole. And you actually saw YouTube ad revenue shrink for the first time since they were reporting YouTube ad revenue separately. So that's really where you're seeing a lot of pain. This idea here that advertising really is kind of facing a little bit of crunch time as more and more people say, well, are consumers really going to be spending when they're kind of looking uh, down at a recession? So that's going to be the concern there. You can really see corporate America feeling the pain. Their cloud numbers also not helping them much either. So G-O-O-G down 6%. A similar story, Nathan, when you look at Microsoft this morning right. as well, MSFT is your ticker, down 6.3% this morning. This comes a lot from their Asia business, specifically the cloud business that's really been driving a lot of the growth for Microsoft. But they, they're warning about slowing PC demand, slowing business investment demand. No one really wants to make those big investments into cloud technology right now. And it's really hitting their bottom line, not to mention the, the FX headwinds. This idea that the dollar has just been in, on an absolute tear. And most of Microsoft's business comes from abroad as opposed to right here in the U.S. So converting those profits back to dollars, that indeed is painful as well. Yeah, we're seeing the chip pain spread to Texas Instruments as well, Creedy. We absolutely are. Texas Instruments, TXN, is going to be your ticker. They're down about just shy of 5% in the pre-market. This is a chip maker. Their fourth quarter outlook signaling that this semiconductor slump is continuing to spread. Essentially, they're missing their earnings. And remember, this is a company that makes chips for everything 
from washing machines to cars to mobile phones, etc. And you can really see that that kind of sentiment that you saw in their fourth quarter spreading to the likes of NVIDIA for as well. NVIDIA is that major heavyweight. NVDA is your ticker down about 2% in the pre-market. And uh, finally, Creedy, I see you're watching Twitter, looking to see whether the deal goes through. The Twitter saga continues. Uh, he, <laughs> Will it ever end? <laughs> uh, we'll find out on Friday. Uh, Elon yeah. Musk saying that for he's looking to close that deal, uh, to your point by Friday, about, up about six-tenths of one percent is the boost you're seeing in Twitter shares. This follows, by the way, uh, the boost we saw off yesterday as well. One of the big questions, though, for Twitter is going to be the regulatory story. Will the Biden administration actually let this deal happen? That's going to be the big question. All right. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta looking great, as always. Thanks for being here. Looking at stocks as a whole this morning, not looking great. S&P futures down 26 points. Dow futures down 36. NASDAQ futures leading the declines now down 185 points for a drop of 1.6%. Ten-year Treasury up 8.30 seconds, yield 4.06% on the benchmark 10-year. This is Bloomberg. And the Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and NASDAQ futures are dropping following big tech earnings. And we get to the first word breaking news desk now for today's morning call with Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are on the red after the Google and Microsoft earnings. Dow futures currently down 10 points. S&P's dropped 23, while the NASDAQ futures are off by 176. The U.S. 10-year-old at 4.06%. Gold is up 15. Oil is trading in the green. And Bitcoin is higher by 2.2%. Hong Kong rose 1% overnight, while European markets are trading mixed this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, wholesale inventories and at 10 o'clock. New home sales. After the, bell, after the bell last night, Microsoft posted its slowest growth in five years. Google Q3 revenue missed estimates. And Texas Instruments Q4 revenue forecast also missed estimates. Regarding some of the earnings this morning, look for a Boeing to report in the pre-market. And wrapping things up, Discover Financial was raised overweight at Morgan Stanley. Baker Hughes cut to equal weight at Wells Fargo. And Regeneron was cut to underperform over at Raymond James. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. And, of course, we're watching shares of Microsoft down 6.2%. Alphabet is down 5.9% right now. Texas Instruments down 4.9% in early trading. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. The candidates for the Pennsylvania Senate race squared off in a debate last night. Republican Dr. Memonaz says that he would not support a federal abortion ban, which some others in the GOP have called for. There should not be involvement from the federal government in how states decide their abortion decisions. As a physician, I've been in the room when there's some difficult conversations happening. I don't want the federal government involved with that at all. Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman addressed what he called the elephant in the room. I had a stroke. He's never let me forget that. And I might miss some words during this debate. 
mush two words together, but it knocked me down, but I'm going to keep coming back up. The debate was aired on News Nation. In New York, Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul squared off against Republican Representative Lee Zeldin in the gubernatorial race. Hochul blasted Zeldin's position on gun laws. It is a joke to talk about a crime policy that doesn't include doing something about illegal guns. Meanwhile, Zeldin vowed to repeal liberal criminal justice reforms. Kathy Hochul's too busy patting herself on the back. Job well done. The debate was on Spectrum New York 1. In the NBA, the Wizards won. The Warriors lost. In the NHL, the Rangers lost. The Devils and Bruins won. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thanks. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. We're at 650 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include Fetterman's debate performance giving Dr. Oz potential traction in the Pennsylvania Senate race. President Biden warning Russia against a false flag nuke attack in Ukraine. And the president saying diplomacy over Brittany Griner has gotten a cold reception in Russia. Also making news, the Biden 14, the races that could be key to Democrats' long shot bid to keep the House next month. For more on some of these stories, we're Bloom, uh, joined by Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. Emily, good morning. Let's get to the debate first off last night in Pennsylvania. Democrat John Fetterman tried to keep expectations low ahead of the performance. What did you make of what we saw last night? So it was a really rough performance for the Democratic nominee, John Fetterman, last night. I mean, obviously, as you pointed out in that clip, he did have a stroke a couple months ago. His uh, how he has talked has been impaired. Of course, Fetterman says that it's, uh, it's a verbal thing, not a cognitive thing. But still, uh, the attacks from Dr. Oz on Fetterman and how he's been able to present himself after the stroke, uh, they've been really allowing Oz to gain traction in the race. And last night, Fetter- Fetterman just had stumble, several stumbles, several major su- stumbles um, that really could potentially hurt his polling and hurt his chances of winning Pennsylvania. So I think that was one of the really big takeaways from last night. Of course, the other thing Thing, um, that Fetterman's campaign has really touted is the fact that Oz actually said that whether or not a woman uh, gets an abortion or what kind of health care she has does involve, to a certain extent, local elected leaders, um, which is an argument that Democrats have been trying to make to show the extremeness of the Republican position on abortion. Of course, we're going to be keeping a very close eye for the next polls to come out of this race. Uh, but really, uh, Dr. Oz and, and the Republicans have been very much closing the gap in recent weeks and, and last night might have potentially sealed the deal for them. What's the potential that this debate could have much sway in the uh, Pennsylvania Senate race, given that uh, more than half a million Pennsylvania voters have already cast early ballots? That's an excellent point, Nathan. Uh, To a certain extent, it it does matter that voters have voted early, that they've already got some of their ballots in. But at the same point, we know that a lot of voters are going to be voting uh, from now until November 8th and then on November 8th itself. Um, Half a million voters, it's a lot for sure. uh, But after a debate performance like this, you could see some folks have their minds changed about which candidate they want. All right, let's turn to what's happening at the White House. Uh, President Biden is being asked again about the threat of a nuclear dirty bomb attack in Ukraine, and it comes as Russia's signaling that it's going to begin regular nuclear drills. 
Yes, lots of things going on in Russia right now. Uh, there are reports of this potential uh, dirty bomb, a potential biological uh, weapons bomb that could be released at some point in Ukraine. And there are concerns about it. You're seeing uh, President Biden renew his warning to Putin that it would be an incredibly serious mistake to use any sort of nuclear weapon in Ukraine. And this really reflects this urgent concern that you're seeing in Washington and among uh, some of its other allies that Russia might be searching for a reason to unleash such a weapon. Uh, I think there these concerns about nuclear weapons have been present for a while, but the fact that you're seeing uh, President Biden address them again, uh, it really kind of shows the, the heightened concern in Washington as well as elsewhere. In the time we have left, Emily, I want to get to this reporting from your colleagues at Bloomberg Government on what they're terming the Biden 14 races important to Democrats' long-shot grasp of the House. So there are 14 districts in particular that uh, uh, political watchers should be focusing on here. Well, there are lots of different d- different districts, but I think my colleague David Hood was right to focus on these particular 14. Uh, they're really unique districts because they're ones that Biden would have won in 2020, but they were redistricted to that. So Biden didn't actually win them. It's just the lines changed and made them more favorable to Democrats. And this is really going to show these political headwinds. Doesn't matter that Biden won a particular district or Democrats losing ground with voters. Uh, these districts are very competitive. Um, uh, there's a sense uh, that some of them are going to wind up flipping to Republicans, according to, to several experts who were to quote, talked about in the story. Um, and basically what these are just showing is that there is this uh, gap between where Democrats were in 2020 and where they are now in 2022. The fact that just politically wise, things have gotten much tougher for them. They've lost a lot of support. And there have been a lot of questions about sort of where the party goes next from here. And so in our last 30 seconds here, I guess this adds on to the uh, headwinds politically for Democrats and what's usually a, a difficult time anyway for a party in power to hold on to uh, uh, Congress and uh, the uh, balance of power on Capitol Hill. It certainly is, Nathan. I mean, the fact that we've seen inflation remain high, the fact that gas prices are going back up, uh, the fact that there's really only much so much that Democrats can do to try to tell voters about the bills that they've passed. I mean, for a while, it looked like Dems were getting a bounce after um, the Roe v. Wade decision was released after they passed a lot of legislation. Mm-hmm. But at this point, a lot of polling is showing Republicans gaining ground before the midterms. Thanks so much. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. Read much more on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal, listen to Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 to hear Bloomberg Radio in Washington. Karen. All right, Nathan, it is 6.56 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked a top 100 national university by U.S. News and World Report and number 14 in the nation on Money's Best Colleges list. Learn more at njit.edu. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. New COVID boosters are not any better than the old ones, according to an early independent study on a small group of people. Researchers at Columbia University and the University of Michigan say bivalent booster shots from Moderna and Pfizer failed to raise levels of protective proteins called neutralizing antibodies against the dominant Omicron strains any more than four doses of the original COVID vaccine. 
Scientists may have discovered a method for making magnets used in wind turbines and electric cars without the rare earth metals that are almost exclusively produced in China. A team from the University of Cambridge and colleagues from Austria found a new way to make tetratinite, a possible replacement for rare earth magnets. If the manufacturing process is proven to be commercially feasible, it could loosen China's dominance of the rare earth market, where it accounts for over 80 percent of global supply. And a new study found that playing video games is linked to better cognitive skills. It says that kids who play three hours or more of video games a day perform better on tests of memory and impulse control than those who did not play games. The National Institute on Drug Abuse says the study's results are worthy of further investigation. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Well, we continue to watch shares of Microsoft and Alphabet this morning. Alphabet now down about 6% in early trading. Microsoft down more than 6%. And we'll have more, much more on that straight ahead on Bloomberg Surveillance. For Nathan Hager, I'm Karen Moscow, and this is Bloomberg. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.